Hello, everyone, and welcome to Job Board Geek. It's the podcast about the business of connecting candidates and employers. My name is Jeff Dickey Chasens. I'm the Job Board Doctor. I am your host. And with me today, I have the SEO curious Stephen Rothberg of College Recruiter. He's the co-host. Hey, Stephen, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm trying to think of some keywords to, to use in response to that. You know, I, I just thought after our last session with uh, Peter and, and Nick that describing you as SEO curious is probably a good thing. So I've been called many things in the past, and that's definitely not nearly uh, the worst. So we'll go with that. <laughs> Yeah, I'll have to come up with something worse for next time. So today we have Liz Willits of Investing in Women. That's gonna She's going to be on the show in a little bit. But first of all, I want to talk a little bit about something that you actually brought to my attention. Amazingly enough, it was a job posting by a, a little old company called Indeed. And the job is for a programmer to work on their product that they call Cortex, which is essentially a white label job board platform. Indeed says that they're going to use this platform to work with their partners and help provide the high tech and uh, highly useful job search experience for these partners that they provide on their own site. You know, it was kind of funny. I looked at it and I thought, well, okay, that's smart. And then my second reaction was, why did it take them so long? And then my third reaction was, this is like back to the future. And I say that because, you know, when I was with Dice back in 97, one of the first things that I worked on was putting our technology in the hands of a lot of our employers because they didn't have the capability of really powering their own career sites at that point. You know, it was much more primitive time. But, you know, career builders done stuff like this. You know, I'm, I'm no monster did a whole lot of this. So it's it's a time honored tradition in the job board industry. I just think, you know, like I said, it's kind of funny that they weren't doing it before now. Maybe they, they did that before and it, they called it the prefrontal cortex or something. I don't know. Uh, anyway, that was a bad joke. Uh, so feel free to laugh. So, Stephen, what do you think about this? I, I love the way you put the back to the future. Just because an idea is an old idea doesn't mean it's a bad idea. Right. And one, where this came to my attention was one, one of our developers is working remotely for a while in Japan, and he has developer friends in Japan who sent this posting to him and basically said, is this kind of what you do? And it's like, eh. Sort of. But you know what it really reminds me of is when Indeed launched or shortly after that, and they did a really amazing job of partnering with job boards, right? where they sold traffic to job boards. Um, job boards could send them feeds of jobs. And we were getting, I think, something like 80,000 candidates coming to us a month because of providing Indeed with with job postings, job board con- job posting content. They also had sort of the flip side where they would provide you with backfill. And it was an API that you basically bolted onto your search results. So if you had five jobs that matched the user's search, Indeed would then show that the user, you know, another 50,000 jobs or whatever mm-hmm. from, from their database. Right. And the sites that had more traffic would get paid for that. So that was one of our bigger revenue streams for, for years, was that backfill from Indeed? This seems really similar to that. I, I think it's a I think it's a great idea. Um, one of the things that I was kind of curious about, though, is why there isn't much information available about it yet, other than through the job posting. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, because I I did a little bit of googling and I could find almost nothing on on this Cortex product. So stay tuned. I think over the next maybe you know what 
three months, maybe six months, we're probably going to see a lot more of this. Yeah, well, I'll be curious. I mean, you know, we've both been around long enough to know that these things pop up and then they sort of rumble around and then they disappear. And you never know why they disappeared. Mm -hmm. You just know that the company quit working on it or shut it down or whatever. So anyway, today I'm very happy to to announce that we've got Liz Willits of Investing in Women on the show. Liz, welcome to Job Board Geek. Thank you so much for having me. I was saying I listen every week to this podcast. I'm so excited that you invited me. So thank you. It's always wonderful to hear that someone listens to the podcast. So that thank you very much on that. I, I originally found out about you through LinkedIn, if yeah. I remember correctly. And uh, then you just told me that you bought my book. So thank you for that as well. But I was wondering if you could sort of give us a rundown of how you got started on investing in women. I know that you had a back background in recruiting, yep. but um, why did you do that? And and how did it get started? And who are you targeting with the site? Yes. Yeah, so I started, well, I was, my background is recruitment. So I've been in recruitment uh, for 15 years. So agent, both agency and in-house and was made redundant Um during the height of the pandemic from my um my recruitment role and I have um well they're still small but they were very small at the time they were one and three I had um I have two children and I wanted another part-time job that I could sort of fit around them and every time a recruiter approached me and asked and I asked would they consider part-time they said no straight away or ghosted me and it just it just got me really cross because I'd seen this happen to so many of my friends that they ended up having to take a role that was um, way below their skill set, experience level, pay grade, just in exchange for that flexibility. And I think that that is such a huge contributory factor to the gender pay gap because too many women are forced out of work, you know, because statistically women do twice as much, um, you know, housework, childcare, caring responsibilities, etc. So they need flexible working, you know, at the moment more than men. So I think that more jobs should be open to flexible working. Um, so yeah, so I got really sort of quite passionate about it and knew I wanted to stay in recruitment, undenied about becoming just an independent recruitment consultant. Um, and then I must have just, I don't know, I must have seen an advert somehow, you know how cookies follow you for um, a job board software. And I thought, actually, if I did that, I could help more people because I wouldn't have to niche down as much. So that was, it was always the plan, but I decided I needed to build up my confidence. I started blogging, just posting on social media about 18 months ago, and then launched Investing in Women as the job board last June. So still um, just over a year old. And in terms of who it helps, I mean, it mostly does help, help mums that are looking to either get back into work after a career break or looking for part-time or flexible work that they can fit around their families. That is the core market. But I've helped dads, I've helped students, mm. helped um, people that are approaching retirement that want flexible work, that don't want to do a traditional nine-to-five in an office. And the roles are um, predominantly corporate, head office type positions that you'd find um, those individuals on LinkedIn um, and those, but yeah, all sorts of roles really within corporate head office. And have you found in, over the course of the year that you've been doing this, that remote work it has become more accepted because of the pandemic or because I mean, it's a big deal here in the US. So. It's such a big deal. And 
it's become really ex- um, expected as well. Like even like chatting to recruiters that I know that aren't specialised in flexible work, they tell me that their candidates want that flexibility mm. and the jobs they're struggling to fill and the ones that are nine to five in an office. It's just so it's so odd how it's all changed. You know, even my candidates are like rejecting the high. We've got hybrid and um, concept hybrid, so it's like three days in an office, two days from home. And mm-hmm. my candidates now have viewed that as full time. Um, <laughs> you know not flex whereas I think pre-pandemic everyone would have thought that was great actually that was quite flexible but I think but the boundaries have been pushed it's a lot more accepted people you know a lot of my clients are really open about oh yeah they you know it's full-time but they can do the school run they can catch up on work in the evening you know we do that I think the pandemic really changed it and people you know doing zoom calls their kids walking in people realize that you know jobs aren't the most important thing to people people's lives and families and, and a job is just a part of that and the employees that are hiring that are going to do well are the ones that recognize that. I, I totally agree that so many bad things came out of COVID, but one of the good things that came out of COVID is that we all realize that we're all people and we yeah. have our, our own lives and families and interests and we work to make money and we work hopefully for, for, for fulfillment. But at the end of the day, we also still go home and we have little kids to take care of or whatever, yeah. or in my case, a dog. Yeah. <laughs> And, and and also just as an aside, you're you're you made a reference to remote working, and yeah. uh, you may have seen that that earlier this week that the Netherlands became, I think, the first country to pass legislation that guaranteed the right to work remotely. Yeah. So if it's if it's a recruiting job or something along those lines where the work can be done from home, you now in the Netherlands have the right to do that work from home. The the Dutch are cool. So. Yeah. Um, Question for you. So um, speaking of LinkedIn, I think that's that's come up like this is maybe the third or fourth time in just a few minutes. Uh, I saw on Link the other day um, a nice photo of you and oh, you yeah. were sort of holding up a trademark that you had <laughs> just received. Um, yeah. It's not something that we've talked about on the show yet about protecting your intellectual property in that way, your brand name. But maybe you can kind of walk the listeners through why you felt it was important to protect the name and what was involved in doing that. Yeah. And um, because I think a lot of listeners probably have never really even thought about doing something like that. It never occurred to me either. And then I bought a course, you know, I don't you buy these online courses and, did, and it was like, yeah, you need to trademark. And then I looked and saw that actually some of my competitors had trademarked. So I thought, mm, I just don't want to run the risk of losing my name after especially you know if, if this takes off and like three four years down the line and then you lose your name and that's um obviously a disaster <laughs> um, for any business so um yeah I couldn't trademark investing in women the words because it was supposedly too descriptive so I had um a logo designed that was unique to me so we've trademarked the logo you can you can't trademark mm. something off Canva that's just a template it has to be a unique logo that's been designed from scratch so I got a graphic designer to design a logo and then we trademarked the logo um so yeah but my friend she's an IP lawyer so she gave me some advice and then yeah but it was do you know once we'd got the logo done it was really easy so it was in the probably different in the US but in the UK it was like they checked it for a hundred pounds to check that they could trademark it and then it was an extra hundred pounds to trademark it took about eight weeks it wasn't too big sounds like a good friend to have so uh you'll share her information and 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 jeff Jeff can get the same rate from her as (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. So, so listen, I'm kind of curious. I mean, you talked about starting the business and how you sort of evolved there. What's been the biggest challenge that, that you've had during this first year? Yeah, I mean, oh, gosh, loads. I thought it was going to be easier than it is was I think everyone thinks that I just thought oh, I'll post this job board and then all the traffic will come and it's not been um it's not been as easy um like that I've had to work so much harder than I thought I would mm-hmm. probably the biggest thing was I had to rebuild the website which was at the time felt disastrous because I'd employed someone to build it on a recommendation she built it it was really buggy and then she got a job so she was like a freelancer and then she got a proper job um you know another job and so I had to move to a developer that she'd recommended and then they looked at it and said she just like made an absolute mess of it and I didn't really know on the back end but I know now she'd use two different page builders which supposedly you're not meant to do it's on WordPress so yeah they were like basically you've got two captains steering the ship (laughs) or something like that so they had to rebuild it all from scratch and it was really expensive I had to do it twice and yeah I I wish I could I wish I could say that I've never heard this story before but uh, I I kind of feel like I talk to people once or twice a month that are in the same situation where they they go in and they think well you know we're going to build this this platform and something like what you're talking about happens or the developers decide that they're bored and they just leave and you've got a half-built platform or yeah. the developers didn't actually understand how to build a job board. That's not uncommon. You know, I had one client that I think spent over $100,000 on his job board and it still didn't work right. But it sounds like you're in a pretty good zone at this point. With the, I've with got the a really good developer now. So after all that, I've got somebody that I work with really well. You know, he's a freelancer. He's really responsive. If something, I, you know, it's not buggy anymore and just touch wood seems to run. <laughs> yeah, I, my acid test for software is if, if I don't have to deal with it, then I consider it to be very good software, you know, because yeah. it, it works <laughs> I, I'm kind of curious about your revenue model. I mean, I think I understand it, but I was when I was sort of poking around on the side, it, it sounds like you kind of run the range from a standard job posting, paper post model all the way up to providing handholding and recruiting. Yeah, I do. I feel like it's like a hybrid. I feel like it's a half job board, half recruitment agency. So my background is recruitment rather than tech or job board so and I started this job board with my redundancy money which was like five thousand pounds I think like eight thousand dollars had like Uh no I had no advertising budget I had to be really scrappy the person that designed my logo she was a student um and so I had a mentor at the time who said you're gonna have to build a personal brand um so that's why I'm so heavily on LinkedIn and because of that candidates messaging me all the time which was great and so you know to begin with I was like oh gosh they're messaging me all the time I'm not a recruiter but actually I've gone with it so like a recruiter would do I've categorized everybody based upon like their skills and experience so a job board advert starts at 195 pounds only 250 dollars or something and then so it's probably a bit more it is more expensive than like an indeed or another um more generalist site but then once an advert's posted because i've got like tens of thousands of people all categorized i approach those relevant people i Mm. know within my network encouraging them to apply like a job 
like a recruitment agency and then I also offer like additional sourcing packages so I sometimes feel like I also like do freelance recruitment for people because I can do the sourcing on LinkedIn I also do like the full I call them VIP packages where I do first stage interviews and then if they want additional help I can arrange all the interviews and the offers etc so yeah that's how it works. There's different packages. It's interesting because you kind of run from a low touch to a high touch offering. Yeah. And and that can there's lots of different types of clients. And so it's nice to have that flexibility that you can offer that. So what's the what what's sort of the next big stage or have you thought that way about about the business in terms of, you know, something that you want to do in the next year? Oh, well, I really want to do a podcast. So it's quite mm-hmm. nice to be a guest. Um <laughs> and um so I do every week I do LinkedIn and Facebook lives to my I've got a Facebook group and um, so I'd quite like to turn that into a podcast um, and then I would obviously love to be able to serve more clients so I think the next stage would be getting another recruiter on board to mm-hmm. help with the sourcing so I've got a VA at the moment and somebody that does marketing and social media but it would be good to get more support in terms of candidate sourcing I'm trying to I mean my market is quite I even though it's quite broad, it's sort of quite niche because it's sort of people looking for flexible corporate roles. So it's not like like I get a lot of referrals, which is quite nice. So, so um, and this is just me, me being curious about about what works. I noticed that you know one of the social channels that you promote on your site is Instagram. Yeah, and I'm just curious: does that get you much response with either people that are hiring or people that are looking? I'd say LinkedIn is like my number one. If I lost LinkedIn, I'd be like distraught. Whereas oh. if I lost Instagram, I wouldn't want Mark Zuckerberg here, but I could probably take or leave it. When I look at all my traffic sources, my highest traffic sources are LinkedIn and Facebook. I get a lot from Facebook, like through Facebook, my Facebook group, and other Facebook groups. Have Have you ever uh, tried TikTok? I posted a couple of videos, but not really. I don't really use it as a user, so I think it's quite. Hard. I love actually love LinkedIn as a user as well, and as con- as a consumer. And yeah, Jeff, I I think I know where you're going with the TikTok. I, I, if I understand correctly, I love it because I could I could totally see Liz spotlighting, you know, kind of here, here's somebody who came to our site and this is her story and this is how she found a job and look at her now, you know, kind yeah. of. and if you were to do that over and over and over again, I think you'd build up a real cult following. Oh, right. Maybe you want to try TikTok now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when, when I first came across you and the message, one thing that, that really came across to me is you've got just this very authentic passion and energy. And you're an, you're not just somebody running a job board and making money off of clicks or selling postings. I think you've got a really genuine admiration for the candidates who are using your site. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. I love them. I think that's, I genuinely love them. <laughs> yeah, and it comes across. And I don't know how you're doing it. Um, if it's an accident, keep up, keep up the accident. If it's, if it's deliberate, <laughs> keep that up. But it, it, it really comes through. And I think that TikTok would be a great way to, to because you can just be you and, okay. be, and be talking to people where a, a whole lot of other people in our industry that are really just more like on the finance side and actually don't really care all that much about the candidate. That, yeah. You know, for them, for them to do interviews like that, they're going to have to pretend to be something they're not, and that just doesn't work. I'll try TikTok. And, and if that and if that works, then you can send a commission. Um, yeah. Give you my address. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stephen is always looking at the angles here. You know, yeah. so. hey, I know. TikTok, I think TikTok is like the new Instagram. 
if it, I mean, just just when you read the news and Instagram's obviously copying TikTok, so it's, it's back. It's back to the future. <laughs> well, I, it's gen. I, I genuinely, I was just curious because um, I was out to lunch with some people that I used to work with at Dice, you know, thirty years ago, and they were like, "Are any of your clients using TikTok?" And I'm like, "Not that I know of." And they're like, "Oh, you should be doing it. It's incredible." And blah 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 blah. blah. And I'm like, "I will try it because I've heard I've heard people like the reach you guys." amazing like so much better than instagram what 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 i actually heard was jeff saying that he was out to lunch and and the rest of it just kind of faded away from me <laughs> yeah well thank you Stephen, for that comment um uh, liz if any of our listeners want to get a hold of you what's the best way for them to do that i assume it would be through linkedin right through linkedin yes yeah, so it's elizabeth i'm elizabeth willits on LinkedIn. Everyone calls me Liz, but I am Elizabeth Willits on LinkedIn. Um, you can email me at elizabeth at investinginwomen.co.uk. Um, I've got a Facebook group called Working Moms UK. Um, you're well, more than welcome to join. I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, LinkedIn is where like, I've always got LinkedIn tab open. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, and, I, and listeners, I'd say that, that uh, her last name has got two L's and two T's in it. So. Yeah, that's right. And an S at the end. Stephen, if anyone wants to get a hold of you, how do they do that? There's, there's no, there are no T's in, in my first name. Well, actually, no, there <laughs> is. Darn it. Darn it. Oh, man. You can tell it's a He Friday. just learned how to spell his first name a couple of weeks no ago. Kidding, so. man. It's like, what am I, three years old? So it's, uh, shoot me an email, Stephen at collegerecruiter.com. Great. Well, thanks again for coming on, Liz. It's been Thank wonderful you. to have you. And uh, folks, that's it for today's episode of Job Board Geek. Be sure to subscribe via Apple or Spotify or whatever else you like to subscribe to. Again, my name is Jeff Dickey Chasen's Job Board Doctor, and you've been listening to the only podcast about connecting candidates and employers. That's all for now. We'll see you again next time. <laughs>